0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Private Practice with Soul, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brooklyn Storm, and if it sounds like I'm in the car driving, it's because I am, because guess what? I have more buddy spam for you. The little buddy, he is, or oh, what is he? I think he's 17 weeks this week, and do you know what? He's turning into a very good boy I love this puppy so 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 much so if you didn't know I got a puppy about a month ago now not even almost a month ago he's meant to be a cavalier cross Maltese but I don't know he's got Dalmatian spots on him and he has a tail that's not um Cavalier, nor is it Maltese. I don't know what it what it is. I wonder if he has maybe Dalmatian or Jack Russell in him. I don't know. But I have to say, the last 24 hours, he has been on his best behavior. He loves to kiss me. Um, and I love being kissed. But normally, he likes to chomp down on my nose or on my ear. But he hasn't done that. So that's been amazing. And He's five for five with his toilet training today. No accidents yet. (laughs) Touch wood or touch my dashboard, whatever it is. Um, He's just been amazing. And he's been trained, as many of you know, because I've been speaking to so many of you in our our membership calls and on our one-to-one calls and things like that. And thank you so much for your patience. But uh, I think we're through the worst of it now. Buddy seems to understand that. You know, in the mornings, Mummy works, uh, and then he's good. The other thing that happened that was super duper exciting, and forgive me if I mentioned this already, but he's had two of his three little vaccinations, and I was saying to the vet, I really want to take him outside, I really want to play with him in the garden, you know, and do all these things. The vet was sort of, I don't know, I don't know, and then I rang the vet the other day, and he said, look, if you must, that's fine, but just do it on your own lawn, don't you know take him to a dog park or anything like that because yeah he's still not fully protected so i said okay no problem and then straight away i went out shopping because you know that's what you do isn't it you go shopping for (laughs) your puppy there's always something to buy for buddy and when i was picking up like a little jacket and a little harness for him and stuff like that Uh, There was also this really cool tether and I thought, yes, amazing, because Buddy hasn't done any training yet, so he doesn't know to come back and I don't want him to run away and, you know, hurt himself or somebody else or whatever. So I got him this really cool tether, it's stainless steel and it looks like a corkscrew and it just screws right down into the ground and guess what, it had a 10 metre cable on it, which is so long because you know 10 meters that's a 20 meter diameter that's huge for a little puppy so yeah i took him out into the front garden the other day on his tether he felt like free as a bird I'm sure and we did a little bit of gardening together and oh he ate the ivy and he ate the jasmine and he ate patches of grass and he ate moss and he ate eucalyptus leaves and he ate wattle and he ate uh, camellia leaf camellia petal Um, pretty much everything that was growing in my garden that he could access went in his mouth turns out he likes to eat everything but do you know what for the rest of that day Buddy was golden he calmed right down it was like being out in nature was the tonic for him which of course is for everybody you know i was sharing this uh, story with one of my uh, supervision clients this morning I said, oh, you wouldn't believe it. He really calmed down after he'd been outside in nature. And she said, Well, of course he did. <laughs> and I know that he would. And yeah, it was good for me too. So anyway, uh, yesterday we had wet day timetable here in Melbourne, so I had to figure out something else that was going to tire him out. And I got a little um well, it's called an IQ ball. I got it from Kmart. I think it was I don't know seven dollars or something like that but basically it looks like a great big christmas decoration and you fill it with, with treats and it's got a little lever that allows you the owner to adjust the size of the little hole where all the treats can fall through so it's great because it means it can take pretty much any size treat i just have to adjust it but anyway he played with that for oh nearly half an hour last night loved it zonked himself out But also, it turns out that Buddy can be a little bit lazy sometimes. What I observed was if things don't come easily to him, he gives up and he wants to quit straight away. So I thought that was interesting. So we had to have a few goes of the ball. And then today, I got him a lick mat, which just looks like like, um, a piece of silicon. And it's got, if you could imagine, like a honeycomb texture to it. And it's like a plate but made of silicon. And what I did was I smeared, I got him from the animal shop, some beef flavored peanut butter that was all organic and natural and everything and I smeared that all over these honeycomb sort of things. And oh, he spent a good hour today trying to get all the peanut butter out of that. So he's back asleep while I'm out going back to Kmart to get him another lead because he ate the last one. (laughs) But anyway, you don't need to hear all my buddy news. I just wanted to share it with you because I'm a new mum and it's like my whole world is buddy at the moment. But speaking of new things, the Diploma Counselor Society, uh, if you are a member of that with me, then, you know, get ready to get excited because guess what, I've decided to add into our group at no extra charge to you two things. So I'm going to turn the monthly training into a training that can be accepted as your monthly CPD or OPD or PD everybody every membership body uses different initials don't they it's continuing development or ongoing professional development but you get the drift so you're going to get that and that includes uh, of course the assessment and a certificate of completion so there's that happening and did i mention that's at no extra cost to you we're just going to do that and all those trainings will just um, accumulate over the months in your member portal. So you don't have to do them straight away. Uh, You can do them whenever you like. The other thing that I'm going to do is they will be video trainings and I'll also upload the audio file. So I know many of you don't have time to sit down and watch videos, which is totally fine. So I'll keep that in mind and I'll do audios for you. So you'll have access to those. And the second thing, because I just thought, hey, I want to do more to support the counsellors with diplomas, what else could I be doing? And I thought, why not do group supervision? I mean, we have these coaching calls anyway, let's just swap out the coaching call and replace it with group supervision, which is probably more used to you anyway. So we're going to do that. So all the details for that will be in your member portal. But if you've got questions about it, you can let me know. But it's... Just such a joy for me to be able to bring this to you and include it again at no extra cost. I know. So you get your OPD covered and you get your group supervision covered. So just check what the, you know, allowable requirements are with your membership body. I think they're all different. Some allow you to have two or three group supervision sessions a year. Others allow you to have six to eight, you know, just depends. Others don't care. So, you know, just check what the requirements are. But this should really help those of you who love groups of vision and you want to connect with each other support each other do a bit of networking we could talk about your cases and of course we can talk about your private practice as well so so exciting right i don't know do you love it so much and the other thing was do you remember a couple of weeks ago i got on my high horse because i watched on television somebody was saying how there are a lot of war vets that didn't have an opportunity to access mental health services because the wait lists were up to 12 weeks in some areas and so you may also remember me saying that you know i was you know bothered (laughs) um, that some of our membership bodies you know were in my mind perhaps not doing enough to advocate for counselors so look i just thought I can be part of the problem or I can be part of the solution. I chose to be part of the solution and I took action. I wrote a letter to the Minister for Veterans Affairs and to the Assistant Minister for Veterans Affairs and outlined why they should definitely look at having counsellors fill the gaps, pick up the slack, all those kinds of things. I gave them some suggestions. There were three suggestions that I included in my letter. The letter is available if you want to go and look at it. It's in the files section of the Counsellors Connect Australia group. It's also in the Diploma Society group. Um, but got a re- got a reply yesterday. Now, I haven't had a chance to really digest it because it felt very political to me. It was um, from the assistant minister who had shared that, you know, he'd been asked by the actual minister. I think they're both called Matt. Matt Thistle Thistleweight is the assistant, um, and that's who I got the response from. And he was saying that, um, yep, thanks so much for your interest and of course we want to do more to support vets and yes we're aware of the issues we want them to be seen by you know qualified um people didn't say anything about what qualified meant um but anyway that's okay and then said that you know he appreciated my suggestions for because i think i said like um Things like have a pilot program, for example, you know, pop councillors on the register, for example, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, And he said that they were already doing some of that, but not all of it. Uh, And he said that he really did want to extend. He had, there was more, what was it, availability or capacity, or he had more influence or control over what could be done at, you know, particular level and for that reason uh, he was going to see what he could do about getting counsellors and I guess other mental health professionals um, you know to be working and helping close the gap and yeah so I think it was kind of positive but it also felt like a lot of doublespeak and uh, what we're looking after Buddy and you know working and looking after mum I just haven't had a chance to sit down and unpack what it actually means but the response I did share in the counsellors connect group with you so who knows um, I'm happy to continue corresponding with both of the mats <laughs> um, but yeah I, I think first off I need to actually see what they're talking about but anyway so that was happening there but I the thing that I wanted to talk with you about today was you know what to do if you're looking at starting your private practice and you don't want to do in person because you don't want to do it from home and you're not in a position where you can afford to do things like rent space or lease space so I think you know it's really um, okay for you to start working online and don't believe the hoo-ha about people don't want it that's not true that's outdated Uh, Since COVID, COVID was so good in in some ways for counsellors and mental health because it did allow us to be able to provide services for people who might not otherwise have been able to attend, right? So there's that. Plus, it exposed us to a whole new audience. So there's that as well. Plus, with the ongoing, you know, inclination of people to want to do things online, there's absolutely no reason why, if you're starting out, you couldn't have an online private practice. So yes, start online. The next question was, you know, how do you get paid if you're working online? Because obviously you won't be standing there with a terminal, you know, you don't have an EFTPOS machine, things like that. My advice to you is to set up your CRM, um, like Haluxy or PowerDiary or Clinico or Splose or Calendly or whatever you're gonna use uh, to take payment at the time of booking, so get prepayment, update your intake form, update your uh, informed consent to reflect that payment's required at the time of booking, have a really good clear cancellation policy in place or reschedule policy in place so that there aren't any surprises for you or for the person who's booked. What I've found myself in my private practice is that when people prepay for a session they're more likely to turn up the ones who haven't. So I would definitely do prepayment. Some people say well what about I just charge $50 booking fee you know that's what my psychologist charged me and stuff like that. I would say totally up to you but again I think the more skin in the game a client has, the more likely they are to come along, do the work and get a result. So it's just my opinion, you do what works for you, but I wouldn't charge a $50 cash, a fifty deposit. I would just say full payment at the time of booking. Uh, then the next question was, uh, oh wait, on that, you know, be clear again about your cancellation policy and your reschedule policy as I mentioned before if you've got a cancellation policy of 24 hours which I wouldn't bother with my cancellation policy is 48 it protects my business and it gives my clients more wiggle room Um, but I have a 48 hour cancellation policy Um, just make sure if you've got a 24 hour cancellation policy that you're giving your clients for um, the reminder at 48 hours so they've got time to reschedule or cancel if they need to without copying a fine or a fee it's just better for goodwill um for me because i've got 48 hours i do my reminders at 72 so anyway that's for counselling but yeah do that and then be really clear about you know what your cancellation is so is it that you're going to waive it for the first session or is it that you're going to um you know, charge for the first session and and all thereafter. If you want to waive it for the first one, that's fine, but just be very, very clear with your clients that this is a one-off, it's not gonna happen again, uh, because otherwise what'll happen is, you know, they'll miss another appointment, they'll go, oh, but you, you know, waved it last time, and then there'll be some excuse, you know, so-and-so was in hospital, or so-and-so passed away, or da-da-da-da, there'll be all this, and then you're gonna get caught up in the drama of that, rather than having your business hat on and we need you to be a business person because you're running a business right this is your business the next question that was asked was how do I pay myself and this is a really really good question what I wish I knew when I first started was to set up my money the right way and I didn't I just had all my money coming into my personal savings account with my bank which at the time was st george i don't even know if st george is still around anymore but anyway it was st george and all my money went into my st george account and you know as soon as the money came in because i was doing a lot of medicare stuff money would come in like dribs and drabs uh, and work cover would just come in dribs and drabs and you know i would use that money as if it was just like spending money and then i would get these bills every quarter that i had to pay for GST and bass and stuff like that and I'd freak out and I'd work like a dog for two weeks to try and you know make the money to pay the bill and this was just how I how I managed and I never was even paying into my superannuation because although I had an accountant Uh, I never asked my accountant questions like, should I be paying myself superannuation? Plus, I was young, like I was in my 20s, I was in my 30s, which to me is young now that I'm 49, (laughs) but anyway, um, and it just never occurred to me. And if nobody brings it to my attention, how am I going to know it's even a thing? So I was so ignorant financially. What I know now is, well, this is what I do. All right, so you listen to what I do. Decide whether or not it's something you want to do. I'm not an accountant, you know, all the disclaimers. I'm not, you know, a financial planner or anything like that. This is a decision you need to make for yourself. I'll just share what I do. What I do is I get all my payments from Stripe and PayPal to be deposited into... Uh, okay, let me take a step back. I've got one bank... And that's just for all my personal stuff right and then I've got another bank which is Combank and I opened up I did it online it took me about five to ten minutes I needed my driver's license and my passport to do it I didn't have to go into a bank or anything like that I just opened up a bank account with Combank online I think it was like NetSaver or whatever they call it and I also opened up two more bank accounts that were attached to that right so all my money from stripe and paypal goes into that bank account on mondays that's it so that bank account doesn't get any other money coming into it on any other day except for mondays so i leave my stripe account alone i leave my paypal account alone All that goes in on Mondays. And then on Tuesday mornings, I just do it Tuesday mornings because I want to make sure the money's cleared. But on Tuesday mornings, I do a couple of things. I've set up a um, scheduled payment, so like an auto payment, to pay myself a wage every single week. Irrespective of how much money came into the business, I know I'm always going to have this much money. So it gets transferred from my business account into my personal account. Happens within a couple of hours and I've got money that I can use to live on. That's the first thing I do. The second business account I've got, I just nicknamed Tax and GST. And so I set up an auto pay to pay a certain amount of money every single week, right? Just a fixed amount of money every single week on the Tuesday, gets taken out of one business bank account into the business bank account that says tax and GST. And then I've got a third business bank account, which is nicknamed superannuation. And I automatically, every Tuesday, have a payment going from the main business bank account into that superannuation um, account. And I pay into my super quarterly depending on like my accountant just says you know you should have put this much aside for your super and you know just go and pay it now here's the b pay code and everything so I just pay it every quarter into my superannuation account so that's what I know now and honestly I really wish that somebody had taught me this a long time ago because it just simplified everything for me I no longer worry Do I have the money there to pay my tax? Do I have the money there to pay my super? Do I have the money there to pay myself? I just know it's all there. And then anyway, with this main business account that I've been paying into these other ones from, if there's anything left over, I just leave it sitting in there. Because do you know what? I have random bills coming out at random times, things like my emails and my flow desk. I pay... Every month and that comes out of there I don't know what day I mean it would not be hard for me to look it up but anyways but that comes out I run some Facebook ads you know they're ten dollars a day they come out when the ad spend hits a certain limit which I think is a hundred dollars so you know that could be three days that might be ten days just depends on how good the ads performing at the time so do you know what I mean I just leave it in there if you wanted to you could also set aside some money for I mean you could put it in your tax GST account if you wanted to but you could also set aside some money for um what was I going to say for your PD or for your supervision or for uh, your business coaching for your business mentoring for any courses that you're interested in doing um Do you know what I mean? Or like for aspirations that you have, like maybe one day you do want to go and do uh, work in real life with a real body on the couch in front of you. And so you want to save up to cover rent and bond and lease and advertising and things like that. So, yeah, you can keep it really, really simple just by having a system in place like that. So if you get stuck with it, what I would suggest is maybe just have a conversation with your bookkeeper and see what they suggest Um, they might have a different approach that could work better for your private practice but i think if you're just starting out absolutely getting the foundations right for how to look after your money right from the beginning is just going to save you so much time and effort and hassle and stress and worry so yeah i hope this was really really helpful I have just nearly arrived at Kmart actually that's a lie I have actually just arrived at Kmart and I'm reversing the car now because why do people walk behind the car when I'm reversing I don't get that um anyway I forget what I was going to say I hope that this was a really, really helpful episode. I want to thank you for listening and thank you for understanding. I am recording some of these in my car now because (laughs) I've got this little puppy at home. It's just um, been a little bit of a disruption to my workflow at the moment, but that's okay. (laughs) that's okay he's a good boy but if you need any help at all with your private practice don't hesitate to let me know you can um, find me on facebook in one of our groups or even on instagram at the private practice coach if you're in the diploma counselor society congratulations on all the free goodies you're about to receive um and that will be dropping into your membership portal over the next few weeks if you're not in it and you'd like to be you're more than welcome Uh, i can send you a link if you let me know and yeah that's about it for today so thank you so much for listening i hope that you have a really really wonderful day and i'll talk to you soon bye for now